Smoking Guns podcast. Oh boy. Football in San Antonio is back. It, it, it is here in full swing at this point. You are listening to the Smoking Guns podcast or watching the Smoking Guns podcast. You may be watching us on Facebook. You may be watching us on YouTube. You may be watching us on Twitter for the first time. We are in all of those places. Ooh, so if you're watching cute. us live, you can interact with the show by commenting to us everywhere but Twitter. If you're on Twitter and you want to interact with the show, run over to Facebook or find our YouTube page. Uh, and we can interact with you there. We are a podcast about football in San Antonio. We're a podcast about pro football in San Antonio. All of it. All encompassing. All The whole gambit. Yep. Uh, the San Antonio yep. Brahmas of the XFL. The two and six San Antonio Brahmas. Why did you have the, to remind us, Philip? Well, that it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it, it is, is what, what it is. It is. We also cover the 1-0 and San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League. Yeah. After a thrilling 41-40 win over the Carolina Cobras, we're going to go into all of that. Guns up, horns forward, the whole thing. Um, we're going to start with the Brahmas because that's what so many people check in for right now. It is the midst of, of XFL season. We are coming down to the end. Two more weeks of the regular season. Strangely enough, we talk about the record. We are 2-6. and six which is not a good record. I, I don't know if you're new no. to the world of football or sports and a, as a whole, but two and six is not generally considered a very good record. That being said, we are still no, not. not out of the playoffs. <laughs> Magically. <laughs> just Mathematically. Yeah. Mathematically. still could secure a playoff spot a and chance. go play Houston in Houston for the third time. Not in Houston for the third time, but play Houston for the third time. You're in the playoffs. there's a chance. There's a chance. And you know what? San yep. Antonio has to win two games. We could we could and probably will over the next hour have lots of conversations about how possible that is. The other side of that is Arlington has to lose both of their games. And let me tell you, that's entirely possible. I don't even care who they play. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, Arlington can lose games. They don't in, in these weird fashions. They should have lost to Orlando. They should, they should have. have lost both Why games to us. Why didn't they, like, Philip? Why didn't they? That's the, because Orlando is Orlando. And if they can find a way, uh, joined by some of our That's friends true. on Facebook and on YouTube right now, Amanda checking in, the lovely co-host of the Beehawks Live Hey, y'all. And Michael Wayne Davis, our buddy Michael Wayne Davis, who has secured Hi, his own internet fandom, fame, fame at this point. Yes. Uh, as he was part of the season tickets promo for the San Antonio Gunslingers. Yep. It was great to see him get interviewed and talk to nobody better. Like nobody better to represent San Antonio pro football than Michael Wayne Davis. He has been... Yes a steadfast supporter of every single iteration of San Antonio pro football um, since 2019, probably before. Um, but certainly since we got involved sure. in 2019 with the commanders, he's been all over that. So Michael Wayne Davis joining us on Facebook. It's good to see him and hear from him. Uh, can't wait to run into him at uh, some games because I get to go to games again. Uh, it was so <laughs> weird. This weekend to know that we two games, you. my friends were there. 
I know we're gonna not gonna talk gunslingers, but uh, it was just very weird to watch the gunslingers feed, which by the way is was well done, um, but did have some issues, and I want to cover that in the second hour when we talk about the gunslingers. But several times because of the prominence of the Smoking Guns podcast, we are right up against the wall in the end zone. Um, our our section they've given us our own little spot there. And uh, so you guys showed up on camera, like Leo, Lily, RC, several times. You guys would show up and I'm like, oh, there's all my friends having fun. (laughs) And I'm sitting here in the living room on a 58 inch TV watching them. (laughs) Hi, guys. Hi, guys. We used to It was. It uh, it was a good game. Both games were good games. Let's start with the Brahmas. Let's get all of the Brahmas talk done. And I don't want to say out of the way because there's lots to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. There were bad things and we'll talk about Mm -hmm. those. And there are things that we're concerned about and we'll talk about those. But let me start. Let me start with the most positive thing about the San Antonio Brahmas this season. Parker freaking Romo. Yes. That guy is, I don't even care that he missed one. He missed one field goal. It was a 59 yard field goal. It was a long, it was a, that's a big ask. That's a big ask. Hey, look, I love Parker. Uh, Parker Romo is hands down the best kicker in the league. I don't think anybody can argue against that. And if they try to, I'll just tell them to shut up. Right. But you know, that he was probably being the guy that he is and and the team guy that he is. I'm sure that 59 yarder really bothered him because it was the difference in the game. Sure. He makes that kick. The Brahmas win the game, right? Yeah. I hadn't even thought of that, but you're right. I mean, if he he makes makes that kick, kick, the Brahmas win the game, you know, uh, a lot of things could have happened, you know, to be fair. If, um, if Jacquez, uh, um, um, Patrick. Oh, Patrick, thank you. I knew it started with a P and it was escaping me. If he doesn't step out on that screenplay that he took almost to the house and we thought went to the house at first until Blandino had to stick his nose into business, so, uh, you know, our business. So I um, spend when I'm at home watching the games, I spend some time on the Reddit game feed because yeah. it's a way to interact with people and it's real time. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that Blandino makes every opportunity takes every opportunity to uphold calls on the field. Yeah. But when it comes to San Antonio getting a touchdown, he knits together two different angles to make sure he can overturn the call and get the call correct. And I said something like that in the Reddit feed and I got downvoted because they were like, Oh, you're just being a Homer. Uh, and, and I was like, no, my point is not that he should, he should have overturned. It wasn't a touchdown. He made the correct call. Yeah, that is not my problem. My problem is if you're going to do that here, take that you... same amount of effort every time you have to review a call, stitch together different. You know, it kills me that they go to coaches' challenges mm-hmm. and they'll go to him in the booth and he has already made the call, like he's already looked at it enough to say, oh, I'm not seeing enough. I mean, they they click over to his little booth there in Ben Nice that he's hanging out in, and he's already saying, yeah, I don't have enough. I, I don't yeah. have enough to overturn it. Um, 
take your time. Get it right. And if you're willing to do that for the San Antonio Brahmas touchdown, that's great. Do mm-hmm. that. But do that for all of it. Like, that's what you're there for. Get the call right. I understand he wants to uphold his refs. I understand that he wants to back them up. I understand that he wants um, the calls on the field should be the default call, and you should have to see something obvious to overturn it. But there are times that that exists, and he still does mental gymnastics to say, no, we're going to let the call on the field stand. Man, if you're going to knit together two different angles to make sure the Brahmas didn't get in the end zone, that's great. Do that all the time. That's all He's I'm not saying. Not consistent. Not consistent. Not not consistent in the way he does it, but he's consistent right. in his his method. Well, no, he's inconsistent in the method. I guess um, is what Philip is saying. Sometimes and I he totally, uses one totally angle, and other times he uses two angles. That's the part that is so. He he tried really hard to disprove that that touchdown by the Brahmas, and that made all the difference. I mean, if that. On the field call is, is upheld. Brahma's win right. the game. Parker Romo hits that field In goal. Theory, yeah. Brahma's win, we, the game. win the game. I mean, that that's kind of the point that I'm making. Like, yeah, it was a tough loss, a tough pill to swallow, but that's how close they were to pulling out the victory. Which you know, coming out of there, I didn't know whether to feel more frustrated right? or or more you know proud of of the team because they battled to the end they didn't give up they could have given up um you know when they were down with only sure. a couple of minutes left in the fourth quarter but they realized because it's happened to them that they could turn things around and and they actually tied the game and went into overtime and a lot of not not there were still a lot of fans present to watch the overtime uh but a lot of fans did leave yeah. Understandably so. I was one of them. You no, know, I wasn't. I stood. I stayed there and <laughs> and 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 watched to the end. And I was really glad that I stayed. Um, but I mean, that last those last couple minutes, um, up to the 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 field goal and then the overtime. I mean, it was insane. The people that were in there were trying to help the Brahmas as much as they could, making as much noise as they could. Oh, yeah, when they Crowd. were supposed to. Of course, yeah. there were Brahma players on the sidelines helping us out a little bit in that regard, telling us when to tone it down and when to be loud. But the the, the crowd was receptive to that. I love and the crowd moving to that end of the field. Yes, people were running trying to get over there. I don't know how <laughs> that was. I, I saw that in the in the in the fan page. Someone brought it up. Like, how how was it determined which end zone? Because the end zone that they went to was the one that had a lot less fans that were still there. So I wonder home if the visiting chooses. team, home mm-hmm. team chooses. I I don't understand why they, they chose that end zone. I don't, I don't understand know. why they chose that end zone because the other end zone is the rowdier end zone. That's where mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the the you know Stevo, the bullpen, and 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 sure. all those guys are all over there. Um, and they were still there to the end. Now, a lot of people made their way over and just ran over there and was being loud as they could. So I'm throwing off. I thought it was in the south end zone, that end zone where they come out of the tunnels. They come up um, from the, yes, from the south end zone. Yes. Right. They played at was, the north. They played the north. Oh, see, I thought they had played in the south. So it made perfect sense to me. But you're saying they no. played this in the north. They end played zone. in the north end zone. Yeah, I don't know why they, they he made that call. Um but he did because I saw the refs walk over to him and he pointed that direction. So that's, I mean, home team gets to make that call, just like the the coin toss. There is no coin toss. The home team just gets to select. Do you want to 
do you want to be on defense or offense first? Um, the how many? I was going to say how many games have we lost by two points? There's been quite a few. I we've lost every every game. We've Not lost six game. games. Mm-hmm. We've lost six games. Four of those have been by one possession or less. Yep. Vegas was not. Vegas was not, and um, no, um, that may be the only one. I'm I think sorry. that's the only non, the only game Five. that we lost then that was more than one possession. Because our yeah. defense is ridiculous. They're great, yeah. and the Except only game they Vegas. Did, yeah, and the only We're game they didn't play, they didn't keep us in the game. Like yeah. that's that's all in the defense. Um, so Parker Romo, we started all this conversation with Parker yes. freaking Romo, and we have to say what Parker Romo did was able to do at the end of that game do not discount how amazing it is to stand on the sideline ready to go get out on the field look watch kickers watch kickers in any level of the sport they want every opportunity to take their time line it up look at it a few times it's like golfers um they have a very similar mentality of golfers of looking at the shot two or three times uh you see Drew Pearson does this, uh, the San Antonio Gunslingers kicker, swings his arm Mm. three, four, five, six times to see this is the angle I'm going to swing my leg to kick it on. They like to take their time. Parker did not have the ability to do that. He just didn't. At the end of that game, they have no way to stop the clock. They just have to get on the field. He has to stand in his spot, and he has to nail that kick, and he nailed it. Like, he could have, they could have been 10 yards further back, and he would have been and it was right down the middle. And yeah, yeah. it had lots of distance on it. Do, do you know how, because I, I didn't catch that. What was the distance on that that game-tying field goal? I'm going to pull it up. I want to say it was 47 or 48, but that may not be right. I'm going to pull it up right now. Yeah, it was pretty. I think 47 was, sounds familiar to me, but I could be yeah. wrong. It was a pretty good distance kick. It wasn't 59 yeah. yards like the one he missed, but it was it was well, long. and it wasn't and it wasn't 23 yards. It wasn't one of those. Oh, like, yeah, you're going to get long it. Long distance, yeah. It's it was a kick that you have to, you know, you have to make an effort on. It wasn't just a chip shot. Um, but there were so many errors uh, committed by Cohen. No one would even look at Parker or Roma to say, "Oh, it's his fault that we lost." 49, 49 yards. 49. Yeah, uh, Cohen. Let's talk about Jack Cohen because oh I got some God. opinions about Jack Cohen. I think for the first time in weeks, for the first time since Orlando, baby, Jack Cohen actually played as good a game as he could have played. With like a couple of exceptions, but yeah, he played he played a lot better than yes, he did. He had the last the last couple opportunities he had. He's he did with more me. conviction. He looked like he wanted to be out there and he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to prove some people wrong. I'm sure he's heard the criticisms. Sure. I mean, sure. he hears the criticisms there at the, the game. Sure. The fans are yelling at him from the stands. So, um, and they're not, they're not very nice. I I, I, I heard some things. Um, the guy right behind so, me, my God, he was he's so, one yeah. of the fans from the commanders and he was like, uh, Cohen, you suck. I mean, it, mm. it, it did get annoying after a while, and someone did complain, but so I Co- mean, it's not just him. So Cohen threw two interceptions, but let me let me push back a little bit on Cohen sucks people for a second and say one interception was in the two minute drill at the end of the half. Um, that was killer though. It was killer. No, like, no you're points right. instead of an opportunity to get points. 
You're right, but yeah. it is something that happens a lot to a lot of quarterbacks where you're just trying to get too much done and you 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 go further than you should go and you give a ball up. And then his second interception, which by the way, we were talking a few minutes ago about if this one thing had been different, we would have won the game. Mm-hmm. His second interception is that. Like if that tip in the air and caught by a defensive lineman, I believe, and mm-hmm. run back to within four or five yards of uh, for three or four yards of the end zone. If that one play hadn't happened, it's a completely different game. Yep, completely different game. Uh, and that did. I don't put that on Jack Cohen. That is such a, a series of coincidences for that play to be able to happen. You can't blame Jack Cohen for that. I, I really don't well, think you can. You expect your quarterback to see the defender there. And and know that he's got to put a little bit of air under the ball to get over the you know get over the big guy. I'm uh, you know, you're not expecting him to to bat it up and then bat it to himself and catch it and turn the ball over. I'm looking at ex- a receiver running an out that has two mm-hmm. steps on his defender. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, but the fact that there's somebody in between vision. me and them, you know, like what are the chances that that guy's going to get a hand up in the air, pop it straight up? so that he can run under it, catch it, and run it back. Like, the amount of things that have to go right or wrong, depending on which side you're on, uh, for that all to happen, I don't blame Jack for that. Like, those things happen. That's a a bounce of the ball football play. You can't blame him for that. Definitely a low low percentage play. No, I don't disagree with you there. But uh, I was surprised, not surprised, um, because I think, Heinz Ward is still learning. He's still learning to be a head coach. There were several times they showed him on the broadcast when Cohen would get just absolutely hammered immediately Crushed. on blitz mm-hmm. that, that they would then show Heinz Ward during that play. And he's going, you got to throw the ball, man. And I'm sitting at home going, when, when is he going to throw the ball? He's taking two steps into a three-step drop and getting hit. Yeah. Like he can't even plant his feet to look out there and see what's available. What do you mean? He's got to throw the ball like that. Yeah. The protection is, is a problem. It's been a problem all year long. He dealt with that lack of protection this game. I think a lot better than he has in the past several games. Yeah. And, and which is why he looked better. But I mean, I I think I texted you on one play right after the play happened, Philip, where the right tackle missed his assignment completely went outside uh, the outside, uh, the outside uh, defensive player just stepped inside of him, laying clear to the quarterback, and the right tackle literally just missed him, and then turned around and just watched his quarterback get blown up. Just, just watched it. He didn't even take a step. Like, oh, let me try and and recover. Let me. He just turned around and said, oh, did I miss that guy? Oh. And then just watched him blow up Cohen. And I was just like, are you got to be kidding me? I read so bad. I read Tom Landry's autobiography a few years ago. Actually, it was about 15 years ago. And he talked about his very first offensive line with the Dallas Cowboys and how they excelled at what he called lookout blocks. Or, yeah, lookout blocking, which is when the defender gets by you and all you can do is yell, look out! (laughs) (laughs) That's what that was. And that's what that, that was. was. Like that, that that, was that, uh, I, I don't think he we yelled look out though. I mean, no, he didn't even give that heads up. He was uh, just watching was a train wreck. It was bad. 
Protection was bad. What kills me is protection was bad most of the time, but then there were these inexplicable plays where he actually had a pocket to throw from, and I'm like, yes. wait a second, we can do that? <laughs> <laughs> there were some plays where he had we some time. We could hold the pass rush off for a second and allow Jack to look downfield and actually throw the ball more than five yards? Whoa! Maybe we should play the game that way. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's what gives you hope, right? That's that's what makes it more frustrating because you sure. have these moments where the offense, as limited as it is, can actually work, and we saw some of that in this game. Very, and then offenses. you'll see, you know, one play later or two plays later, you see the same You're thing, like, just back to the same thing again. Right. Yep. Right. No protection, no time. Cohen just you know, having no choice but to just eat turf or or throw the ball away or, or throw the ball uh, not where he really wants to throw it because right. he's, you know, he's having to adjust for these defensive linemen that were just on him all game long. What do you got, RC? I was just going to say, pass came in for a play or two, didn't he? Towards the, uh, towards the field goal? Yeah, one or two. He didn't get much playing time. Not much I wasn't at all, right? sure. He had touched the field until I went back and looked at stats and saw that he did have like one run for negative one yard or something like that. Yeah. So he saw the field some. What was that all about? Uh, I think he he came in on one of their, when they scored the touchdown, and I think he came in for one of their conversion attempts. Right. And it didn't, it didn't go well. (laughs) It didn't go well. What, what that's all about RC is just further proof that Heinz Ward does not trust Javon, Javon Pass. Does he? No, he doesn't. Will not. Um, he would rather have Jack Cohen in there getting killed uh, than than put the ball in Pass's hands if he has the option because that's what he that that was his option this week and he made it clear that like I'm riding with Jack Cohen over giving Pass an opportunity. So for whatever reason, whatever he's seen in practice or has seen about the guy, we don't know. We're not in practice. We don't see everything that they see. Um, but the head coach of the San Antonio Brahmas has shown me time after time yeah. this season. I don't trust that guy. I, I do not trust right. his decision-making. Yep. He's made it pretty clear. I, I, yeah. I have no doubt. Um, you know, they just signed Paxton Lynch a week ago. He was inactive for this game, but I have no doubt that it won't be long, probably this weekend, uh, where he'll be second on the depth chart in, in front of pass, yep. um, because pass will not be active for the rest Hines of the Ward, year. Heinz Ward has shown that he doesn't have confidence Bar- in him at Bar- this injury. point. At this point, he has made it very clear that the whole reason that you know they continue to hold yeah. on to pass. Well, they were he was assigned. That's I, what I you say. I know this. That's what you say. You <laughs> never you never say about a player on your roster. I don't trust this guy. I wouldn't let him touch the field if I have any other option. Like you just don't say that. You say something like, "I want him to learn." He needs to spend some time watching. He, he has said to, that. Yeah. And, and he said those things. But you don't ever say what you really feel. Really? You're never going to hear. You're never going to hear Heinz Ward say, I don't trust the guy, uh, you know, any further than I can throw him. And and that's the truth. But he's he's smart enough to know that you can't say that about one of your players. He's not Terrell Buckley. Um, he right. can't say that about one of his players. And so um, I don't. I don't think Heinz Ward will ever get to the point where he's like, no, 
I'm good with that guy now. He says that right now. Like, I want him to learn. He's got a great skill set, and I want him to learn some so that he could be a viable part of this offense at another time. No, no. He's he's never going to trust that guy. If he's not willing to at this point, he's never going to trust that guy. And I don't blame him. Yeah, if, if that's how he feels, like this is your this is your team, this is your job, this is your legacy on the line. I get it. And the time that Pass has had his opportunities, um, he's done some good things. And 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 Ward gave him credit, like in the Arlington game. But right. he's had way too many a, a high number of um, a delay of game penalties because he's just mm-hmm. he yes. was not aware of the situation. And that can be extremely aggravating uh, for a head coach. I mean, well, and let's be clear when you're forced into the, the situation where you have to trust somebody that you don't trust, you cross your fingers the whole time and you go, please don't screw up. Please don't screw up. Please don't screw up. Please don't screw up. And then the very next opportunity you get to get them out of there, you do that. And that's what Heinz Ward has always done. Mm. with pass even when he has to put him in there he crosses his fingers and goes don't mess up don't mess up don't mess up don't mess up okay get out of there right <laughs> <laughs> well you his don't, you don't definitely speak louder you than don't, his words you don't multiply the opportunities that person has to screw up because you're so worried about them screwing up um and i just think it's very clear that heinz ward just doesn't trust this guy yeah. and 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 I got to default, you know, I, I got to defer to him and be like, okay, if he doesn't trust him, there's a reason. And I don't want him going for our team or or playing for our, t- for our team. Yeah. Jack Cohen, Jack, if you're listening, we've, we've mentioned this before. There are probably, I meant to look it up. I should have. There are probably YouTube videos for little league players that show them how to slide into the base. I need you to go find a YouTube video, bud. I need to watch how <laughs> sliding works because you are going, I'm, I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm not, you're going to hurt yourself falling forward into your, your face mask a, as a way of ending your runs, man. When you've got, <laughs> when you've got to run slide, <laughs> learn to slide brother. Yeah, well, he, he really does. Once. He did slide once. And I did mention it to uh, my husband, Jerry, he was there. And so he's like, look, he slid first. He's like, what's the big deal? I'm like, it would be a big deal if you listen to our show because we're always talking about it. I didn't catch the feet first, a uh, free first slide. Um, it was one. I, I missed it, it if he one. did. I saw a head first one where he almost lost oh, yeah. the ball, but he was already down, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, people were nervous for for a second there. And then, I mean, then also you're just you're just putting yourself at risk. Your head injuries. Yeah, yeah it's it's bad. Yeah. I did go to the meet and greet on Saturday, and I did see Cohen. Uh, he was over there at Dick's off of at the yeah. rim, and I mentioned, I'm like, hey, you know, um, it'd really be good if we can get some positive feedback. Talking to your mom, that would be that would work, you know. Because sure. I know you're. You know, I said, you know, your the record is two and five. You know, let's do some mom to mom interviews so we can get positive going, getting people behind you. You know, and he's like, okay, yeah, I'll tell my mom so. We'll see. We'll see for sure. Hey, speaking of something that, you know, we don't make a big deal about, but we have mentioned on the show, uh, it, it looks like we're going to actually be credentialed for this week's game. Yeah. Wow. That's Good. what the team is currently telling me. Uh, All that right. Good work, no guys. 
we said from the beginning we weren't going to go away. We were just going to keep keep asking and keep trying. Finally paid off. So so finally the team's like, if we let you in the press box, will you shut up? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You're talking to the wrong person. (laughs) I mean, no, I won't because I don't ever shut up. Yeah, I know that. I know that. Yeah, right. But I I just want to be on the field. I don't necessarily want to be in the press box. So, um, Jose Jefferson, if you're listening, I don't want to go way up there. I just want to be on the field. So Um, we'll see how that works out. We're, we're, we're trying, we're efforting. That's Um, good. That's good. So what did you think of, we got two opportunities, one in St. Louis, one in San Antonio to see the XFL's overtime rules. What are your thoughts of the way the XFL has decided to uh, handle overtime? I like it. It doesn't bother me. I, I, I think it's exciting. Um, I, you know, it, it's, it, it goes from one to, I mean, it's just kind of like what they do with the, uh, uh, with the uh, what do you call it in 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 the other football in in soccer where they go to the the goal kicks at mm-hmm. the end, um, it's also uh, similar to uh, the college system um, where it's one possession then another possession. Uh, so I mean I, I it's it's not like something totally off the wall that you've never seen before and don't understand. So I understand it, right? Um, and I think I think there's a, a level of excitement to it because. You go from rooting for the stop on one play to the very next play rooting to 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 get that score, and it, it just it builds tension and it's it's a lot of fun, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's more immediate than having to watch a whole possession and uh, you know it it's it's more having the whole possession is is less climactic as this where it's happening right there, bam 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 and and you're just uh, uh, going from uh, offensive mindset to a defensive mindset and going back and forth and just possession right. by possession. And it, it was, I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. It was, it was a, a amazing experience to be there for that. Sure. I like Our the team. overtime because it shows like the entertainment value that these games are close enough that there is a chance for overtime when it's one team, you know, outscoring the other one, the entertainment value goes down and this is showing two different uh, games that there was overtime so i think that's kudos to the xfl to the players that that this football is entertaining not every game is but i do like the when it's overtime it's almost like very exciting you're on the edge of your seat you're you know you kind of bring the crowd in more i love it the i love the overtime i do i really mm-hmm. do the only argument i can see is for football purists which i hate that word purists but anyway football purists to say it's not really football at that point. But you know what? It is. I, I, it, a, it is. I mean, it's not because you're not <laughs> moving a length of the field. In college, you have to move 25 yards. In uh, the NFL, you have to put together a whole possession. Um, right. So I understand how it is. It is a distilled version of football that kind of takes the most fun part of it and just says, we're just going to do that. So football purists could say it's not really football, but you know what? If you want to win with really football, win in regulation. If you're not winning in regulation, you really can't be upset about, Oh, I don't like the way they do over. And I've had this issue with NFL overtime and college overtime. uh, And when somebody inevitably argues that this doesn't work either, 
if you don't like overtime, there's a very simple way to avoid it. Win the game sure. in the regulation. Um, I love that it takes the most exciting moment of football, which is the mm-hmm. goal line stand or the, the you know, and says, we're going to do three of those uh, for each team. We're going to alternate them uh, very much like the shootout in hockey, which is yeah. also a lot of fun. True. And, and we're just going to do it that way. And we're going to determine a winner that way. And is it truly football at that point? I no, it's still as football. As- it's football plays. It's just a. It's just it's a controlled situation. But it's still football. And if you want to argue against the purists, I agree with Arlington's comment. He's watching on on YouTube. I can see his comment there. Who cares about the football purists? One hundred percent agree. If you're going to be a football purist and you're going to say, "Oh, well, the XFL," well, I don't like these rule changes. I don't like this. I don't like that. Yeah, well, if you're if you're a football purist, you probably don't like the XFL. Don't like the XFL. True. You're probably not even watching this game. <laughs> in fact, I found it funny today. I don't have the quote put pulled up in front of me, but Daryl Johnston, who's now the president of the USFL, Woo-hoo! came out today and made comments about the USFL's kicking rules, which I don't even know what they are because I hadn't even paid attention. Um, but he said our competitor, meaning the XFL, XFL, has changed the kickoff and robbed it of its essence of what a kickoff really should be. And I'm like, are you kidding me? There's there's 90 some odd percent of kickoffs are getting returned in mm-hmm. this league as opposed to other professional football leagues where it's like 40 percent. What do you mean is robbing it of the essence of what it should be? The essence of the kickoff is is touchbacks? I, that's not exciting. That's not fun. I I like the way the XFL has done the kickoff because they return kicks. They return punts. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It uh, is fun. I like Daryl Johnson. I think Daryl Johnson is a great guy and a great football mind, and I don't mind him being excited about the USFL. Do that because that's what your organization is, and you think you've got something there. You don't need to go run after another one and go. They're screwing football up. That's beyond that. That's below you, Daryl Johnson. That's below you, Moose. Um, they're screwing up football because they're they're gimmicky in Hollywood. It, come on, man. Uh, no, it's fun. It's just it's fun. Yeah, they're taking they're mm-hmm. they're they're staying within the general confines of, of the game and and just adjusting a few things here. And there to 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 make the game a little bit faster paced to make it fun enjoyable. I I would argue that football purists or not, or NFL hardcore, you know XFL, you know it isn't good. The NFL's real football. Like we've seen some comments right now on our on our face on our Facebook feed. Um, the XFL is not NFL, and stop trying to compare it. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. But. Anybody who is on that in that train of thinking and says that overtime rule or the, the way that overtime is is garbage, I guarantee you they weren't at one of those two games. Anybody that was one that was at one of those two overtime games loved it. I guarantee you loved it. I didn't know what to expect from overtime. Now, sure. what being there, it was a different experience and it was amazing. It was awesome. It was I am a lot of fun. Somewhat- I am somewhat curious about what happens if you get through the three overtime opportunities for each team, because they take them alternating for three times. And then at the end of that, if it is tied, both games, the announcer said, then it goes to a sudden death 
play. But what that means, I, I don't. I think they're wrong. I don't think it's actually a sudden death thing because sudden death means the first team, if they get the ball in the end zone, the game's over. That is sudden death. And I think you have to give the other team an opportunity to match. And so I, I'm really curious to see if they're right when they say it's sudden death, first team to score wins past I'm, those three opportunities, because I feel like you've got to give the second team an opportunity to match. Don't I'm you? Curious, like, I'm, I'm curious like you. I would like to know the specifics of that rule. But unlike you, I don't have a problem with if it's an actual sudden death because each team has already had three opportunities. It's not like you didn't have an opportunity to win that game in the overtime period. If I mean, I get you that. That's the third opportunity. Then it's a sudden death. And then, and the rule is the first team to score wins. Then, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that because the whole thing is to keep these abbreviated and exciting. Right. So let's say one team scores and then the second team scores that means you have to go over, do it all over again, and then right. it doesn't matter. Fifth, there's yeah. no, there's no end to it because as long as one team matches the other, so that's why, in my opinion, I think it would be better if past those three opportunities, it is an actual sudden death. First team to score wins. You can't say you didn't get a fair shot. You had three opportunities, just like the other team. More than that, you had an entire time. You had an entire oh, game. game regulation yes. game. <laughs> And then you had three opportunities and then you got beat on their fourth opportunity and you could go, we didn't get a fourth opportunity. That's not fair. If you don't like it, win it any time before now and it's not a problem. So I understand that, but I do feel like there is something just fundamentally unfair about that team won because they got four chances. That team got three. And so you never really know if that was fair or not. I, I get what you're saying. I'm not even pushing back on you because I I kind of agree with what you're saying, but I do see something inherently unfair about, well, they got four chances and we only got three. <laughs> That's not really fair. Life ain't um, fair. Well, let's see if that's it, true. it can get to that. Let's see if it gets to that ever. Uh, and and that's the other point, RC, is the chances of us getting into those situations is pretty rare. Um, mm-hmm. The score, the way the scoring is set up in the XFL, you're not going to... I'm surprised we had two ties in, in the, the same, same weekend. week. Because the way the scoring is done with this opportunity to choose one, two, or three extra points, uh, and all of that is kind of set up in such a way that you shouldn't see a lot of ties. Like, no. that shouldn't happen very it's often. be a rarity. I mean, the fact that there were two in one week, I mean, I think that was like a... Kind of a small miracle there. I've yes, I'm of. glad you're you're putting this comment up there, Philip. The mayor, all that, and totally agree with the mayor here. Sixty minutes of quality football is happening game after game in the XFL. The NFL had several stinkers in 2022. I will say this, Mr. Mayor, I think the NFL in any given week has had more blowout games or not quality football. That's what I would consider not quality football in a week than the XFL has had all season. True. I think in a given week, the NFL probably has more blowout uh, games, not interesting games to watch, than the XFL has had all season this year. Games like they've happened. all come down to one possession or so. Mm-hmm. And that's great. That's good football. Yep. 
and 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 just to play devil's advocate, the NFL, the football purists, the pro NFL uh, people will say, well, that's because there's more teams and there's more games going on a lot more than than your small XFL league. But that's that's not the point. The the, the point isn't isn't the actual uh, number or the stat. The the point is that the XFL is putting a good product out there and the teams are, you know, there's, there's, there's some uh, levity here. There there's, there's where any, but, any given, any given game, you don't know who's going to win that game. It's, it's hard. Right. I, I wonder how many people have won versus lost money on this, this Vegas betting that the, the league push pushes so hard. Pushes so because, hard. Because, you know, in the in the NFL, there's a lot more safe bets than there are in the XFL. That's for sure. The um, but just apples to apples again. We're setting up this big straw man argument of p- football yeah. purists, NFL purists, and we're knocking down this straw man. And we totally understand that we're doing that. But on the other side of that, they may say, "Hey, that's the NFL has 32 teams. The XFL only has as uh, eight. eight teams. The games." But what I said, if you if you heard what I said in a week. They have more blowout games or uninteresting football games than the XFL has had all year. That is, in a in a given week in the NFL, you can only have 16 games. There's 32 teams. The most you can have is 16 games. We've had 32 games in the XFL up to this point. So I gave you twice as many to choose from in the XFL as I did in the NFL, and I still stand by. I think there are more... Uh, there are more blowout games in one any given week of the NFL than there are in the XFL. And I doubled the number of games um, to make that happen. So uh, it, I love the overtime. I love a lot of the rules. There's not a lot of the rules stuff that I look at in the XFL and go, yeah, I don't really like that. Like everything they've done. And I sound like such a homer, like, yeah, XFL is better than the NFL. Well, that's not true. Um, the NFL is the NFL and it will right. always be the NFL. Yes. Um, but when you look at the rule changes, uh, I've, I've loved before XFL 3.0 back in XFL 2.0, I love the tiered extra point system. I think that's amazing. I'm a big fan of one foot down, uh, mm-hmm. which is a change. I like the timing rules, man. We're getting football games in under three hours, sometimes in two and a half hours. Yes. Um, I, I don't need to sit in front of the TV for four hours for a football game, college football. I yeah. love college football, but man, those games are a slog sometimes. And it's not the football yeah. action that's missing. That's not what's getting cut right. out. It's right. It's all the waiting between the plays. It's 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 all the other stuff, the 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 extra, the fluff that's getting cut out. It's not the football action. Yeah, good point there by Scott Brickhouse. When was the last yeah. team, the worst team in the league, beat the best in the NFL? I mean that. I mean, never happens. You- you have some of those kind of things happen, but we've had in one season of the XFL 3.0, we've had it happen. Yeah. Which is amazing. Uh, Arlington says, uh, Smoking Guns Podcast, what do you think? Or do you think there should be scrimmages or preseason? Um, yes. Yes. I do. Yes. I do. Well, wait, RC, uh, let me preface this by saying, if you were to add preseason, it would not be anything that would be broadcast or you would have any kind of uh, a broadcast or or crowd for. I don't believe you do that. If you're going to have oh, scrimmages, for the I think that's image. great. 
my comment about entertainment. Yeah. Well, I think the some of the players need it um, to gel. Like this season, they went straight as a team. Yes. I think they needed their preseason to kind of get their gel together, to kind of get yes. work as a, a, a whole. And I think they missed that. Now, sure. where, where you're seeing, now that they got a couple of games under their belt, now it seems like they're gelling together as a team. Maybe not so much the Brahmas, but the other team. You know what I'm exactly. saying? <laughs> and I, I think well, that hurt the league. So yeah, yes. the fact that all these teams came in not prepared, they 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 weren't in in unison. Okay. They 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 weren't together yet as a unit, especially the offenses. In those first couple of weeks, I think you had some curious people that watched on TV that saw this and was like, "Man, this is ugly football. I don't I don't I don't like this." And then just gave up on the XFL, made a judgment right then and there. Sure. And and are are some of those people that are that are you know making the comments and being the haters out there? Um, I I think they do need more preparation time, more time to kind of play together as a unit, learn the offense, learn the defense, learn how to play together, and then they can put a better product on the field when the games really count. I, I think that's really important. And in the current hub system they're using for for camp and practices, there's no reason they can't right. do that. Like schedule, it, they don't have to be on Sunday, they don't have to be on Saturday, but schedule one or two scrimmage or preseason games, no crowd. Uh, hey, but if you want to get the broadcast crew there and your cameras there, so that they could have a preseason as well and and help with your. Uh, production of the game. You could do that, but you don't have to broadcast them. You don't have to put them out there. The AAF did that. I don't know if y'all remember, but the AAF and the Alamo Dome had, uh, I think, one preseason game for every team. I think we played the Atlanta legend, the 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 commanders, it seems like, played the Atlanta legend in a preseason matchup just so everybody could feel, uh, you know, the way that it works. Uh, Van Hurst says the ice storm Canceled the scrimmages this season. That okay. Could be. Yeah. Could be. Well, I would I would even suggest if we could have um preseason or scrimmage games in the city that they belong to, just so some of the fans you know, could get to see a preview. Because we had nothing. We have and we still don't really know a lot of the players. Yeah. You're shaking your head, Philip. No. <laughs> no. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it that way. That's just money. That's just money you're spending. Uh, you're not so going you to get a lot of return on it. Yeah. Preseason game. We're, we're struggling right now in these markets to get people to show up for season for regular season games, a preseason game. You're just going to be wasting money to have everybody travel. You got them all in one spot. You've got the Choctaw stadium. You own it. You don't own it, but you right. lease it at this point and you, mm -hmm. you're, you've got a place to have these games. Just have, uh, you know, four or eight, uh, preseason games or scrimmages, do one early in camp, do one late in camp, just to give everybody the feeling of this is how this yeah. is going to work. So um, season season four, five, whatever it is down the line, then yes. But season two, no. Probably season three, no. We all know that the 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 uh, goal of the XFL is to eventually have the teams in their home cities. Papa right. Romo I said that, it on our show before. last week. That's mm -hmm. been discussed. So when that happens, then obviously it's going to be in whatever host team hosts the game. Uh, but for, for season two, just to send the teams out and, and invest in the travel and all that to get very little return, uh, yeah, it's probably not the smart move at this point. 
The mayor says, spend that money on marketing, not preseason travel. Yes. Man, you ain't that. kidding. Mar marketing has been lackluster to me. They do a great I, job of promoting The Rock, but and but not I a again, lot on other stuff. I think that's by design. I think oh, they yeah. went into this season going minimal output as far as dollars and cents, um, maximum, you know, maximum on having a season two. And so we're going to have all kinds of weird times and game schedules. And we're not going to market a whole bunch because if we really screw up, we don't necessarily want everybody in the world to see it, but we're going to have a season two. We're going to do this uh, kind of bare bones the first season and see how it works. And uh, Dirty has said this on the show. I know Arlington, who's hanging out with us right now, has said this. This season has been an experiment in a lot of ways oh, for yes. The Rock and for Danny Garcia. And when you when you experiment, you don't necessarily say, hey, everybody, I'm going to do a big <laughs> experiment. Come look, because it could fail. True. And, and so maybe the fact that they haven't spent a whole bunch of marketing is just a product of it being an experiment. Because if you, if you raise your arms in the air and say, everybody, I've got something really amazing. Look, you turn into Geraldo Rivera opening up... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the ball, uh, yeah, Al Capone's vault, and you're like, "Hey, yeah. everybody, look! It's something amazing, and it's nothing." And Absolutely. and you don't want to be that guy. It's no. like you don't want to be Geraldo Rivera. Nobody, nobody. I can't stress this enough. Nobody wants to be Geraldo Rivera. Not even Geraldo Rivera <laughs> wants to be. Oh, Geraldo he still Rivera. remembers okay. him. How many of our fans actually know who he is? Yeah, well, there's probably some proud. people out there that don't know who you're talking who? about. They're, they're googling it right now. Who is? They do. They do now because he's a Fox News guy. He's he's no. uh, he has reimagined himself. He used to be something completely different. For those totally. of you that didn't know, and now he has reimagined himself as a Fox News pundit. And that's okay. Do what you got to do. Um, I got nothing against anybody for. There are politics or whatever, like do what you need to do to make your money. But that's not what Geraldo Rivera used to be. <laughs> he used to be Maury Povich times 10. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. He was he was that kind of guy. Uh, yeah. Al Capone's vault. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big thing. Um, and so maybe it's maybe it's as simple as that is. Is they're still kind of wringing their hands at the beginning of the season and going, we think we have something really cool here. But we do not want to be Charlie Ebersol and be like, "Ha, I'm dressed in my AAF jacket and doing media stuff all over the place and uh, throwing commercials and huge dollars at marketing and then not be able to make it through a whole season. Uh, maybe they just didn't want to be I that. Get it. You know? Uh, so we've got two more games coming up. We've got a home game against Orlando at 6 o'clock this Saturday. I love that these are Saturday games, both of them. We finally got decent games. Um, times and days. Times and days. Man, we got we got a crap schedule. Like, I'm okay yeah, with just saying did. it outright. We got screwed on scheduling this year. Um, yep. That 9 o'clock game against Arlington was rough. The 2 o'clock Easter game, I kept thinking maybe that won't be a big deal. It's it was. Deal. It was a big deal. Like, people it were was. celebrating Easter. And look. If the team had been five and two instead of two and five, Different more people stories. would have shown oh, up to the game. More people there. I, they would I have was, battled through their Easter plans and showed up, but they're not. I was impressed with the twelve thousand that showed up. I was in, in that situation, and then they showed up, and 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 they were a good crowd. They were loud, and and you know they were interactive. They were interactive, and they invested in, in what was going on in the game. So it was a good 
12,000. And I was, I was mildly surprised that it was that many um, on a Easter Sunday, but yes, and definitely hey, top of the list for improvements, marketing and, yes. and, and scheduling for season scheduling. two, gotta be at the top of the list. Uh, and Hey, XFL. the XFL in season one is apparently not the only one that can't figure out scheduling. I, this, this afternoon, as I was getting ready for the show and doing some other things, I was like, Oh, you know what? The USFL does start this week. It is football. It is spring football, and I'm interested. I'm curious. I wonder what time Houston's mm-hmm. game is. I'm just curious. I just want to want to be sure. Don't um, ask just anybody in, case, in Houston. They don't know. Just in case I want to catch it on TV because I can't go to it. But just in case I want to catch it on TV, what time is that game? That game, Houston's game this week in week one, is at 11 o'clock on Sunday. And you may go, hey, that's not that bad. Yeah, it is. People are either in church or still asleep at 11 o'clock on, on Sunday. Are you kidding me? Who does an 11 o'clock on Sunday game in, in their time zone? It just doesn't, I don't know. So we're, they're not any better at it than the, US, uh, than the XFL is. I would take um, 11 before 9 p.m., though. I'll tell you that. Yes. Yeah. No, you're not, yeah, no you're not wrong. Um, so we've got this game against the Orlando Guardians. That's a uh, win. Man. <laughs> Man, I hope so. It has to be. It's got to be. Huh? We know You're this. Like, huh? Teams know this. Heinz Ward's Heinz Ward knows this. Jack Cohen knows this. Everybody on the team knows this. Patrick it's got to be a win. We're at home. No excuses. We got to win that game. Heinz Ward is really frustrated that he has not delivered a win to San Antonio yet. To 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 the home crowd yet. He is really really frustrated with that. You could hear it in his post-game comments, um, that was the thing that really bothers him is that he has not delivered a win in the Alamo Dome yet. Um, and he's going to try to you to try to write that ship here, and I hope he does. Um, man, it uh, if we don't, uh, but we are. Forget it. We are. We're going to win We're that gonna game. We're going to win. We're going to win. We got this. We're going to win that game. We'll have a, we'll have a new quarterback. Arlington is going to lose their game because they're playing DC and they can't beat DC. No, better not. Uh, They should. And I think the most intriguing game outside of our own, which I'm very interested in. I think the most intriguing game of the week is actually Vegas in Houston. Yes. Because Houston can't seem to beat anybody in the North. And Vegas is a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year. And so can Vegas go into Houston with nothing to gain, like just be spoilers and beat Houston? You know what? I'm going to be there to find out because I'm driving to Houston for the 1130 kickoff of that game. And then as soon as that game is over, right around 2 or 230, I'm going to hit I-10 and be over at the Alamo Dome about three hours later for our game. Good luck. You're a big trooper. Good luck. Two XFL games in the same day. That's my plan. All right. And we will will see how that goes. Hydrate. Hydrate. I I hope all goes well for you. (laughs) I-10, I don't trust... Well, I don't try, trust I-35 even less, but... No, yeah. I-10, yeah, I- it's a crapshoot. And then also, 
I can tell you two football games in one weekend is, man, that takes Rough. a toll on you. <laughs> so, same day. Relax. Two same day, two man. Day. Rel- we had relax. one Saturday, one Sunday. Relax at that roughnecks game. Don't don't overdo it. <laughs> right. Uh, but I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to try to be at both games. Uh, that's my plan right now. And uh, and and I really am interested in a Vegas team that is that is kind of found. Uh, you know, they they beat us. They beat us fair and square. They they beat yeah, us they like they legitimately beat us. They were legitimately the better team on the field that day. I still say we helped them, but yes, they did. And then they really put up a fight against St. Louis as well. And I thought they were going to beat St. Louis. They have they really found. They were close. They've really found their their team, and uh, and they're going to do it. Okay, well, not all of us can be you. That's why you're the mayor. That's the mayor why says, you're I the mayor. Do, I can do three in one weekend, including five thousand plus miles. Yeah, the mayor, you're the mayor, man. Obviously, nice. he here, has a here. superpower. We'll he has a you. superpower, we'll and yes. Yeah, and and we're not making fun of that fact. I mean, no, that's no, awesome. I, I admire I that you never can do that. that I could never do I that. Could, but I just I can't, and I I wish I could. Uh, the key here, I think we win this week. I, I think we beat Orlando. Mm-hmm. I think Arlington loses to DC, okay. and then that sets up week ten where we welcome in D.C. on Saturday night and then on our Saturday afternoon. And then Sunday afternoon, the Arlington Renegades welcome in the Houston Roughnecks. And it, I think, look, the hardest part of all of that is can San Antonio beat D.C.? I, I see one. very... I see very little evidence that that leads me to go. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. We can. You, I mean, we can stop. because Orlando did. You got to stop the run. You got to stop the run. If you have you any you have chance, you have to get a quarterback. You got to stop the run. But I'll take that. I think there's a double whammy that weekend, Philip. I think. I think um, Houston would rather play Arlington in the playoffs than San Antonio. I don't think there's any doubt that they would rather play Arlington than San Antonio when it counts in the playoffs. So So you think Wade Phillips tanks week 10 to guarantee Arlington over San Antonio? Yes, I do. I do. I do. I think that's a big word. I think that is, I think that is exactly what will happen. Because they would look at the two games they played against San Antonio. As much as San Antonio struggles, they struggled to beat them both games. You're right. They will not struggle against Arlington. That's what's going to happen. You heard it here first. Heard it here. Write it down. Make bets right now. Like, I can't imagine. Look, we got ourselves in this mess. We can't Mm -hmm. blame anybody else. We can't be like, oh, they have to. They have to play to their their best ability. That's not fair because we got ourselves in this mess. Like we are the ones that went two and six. Yep. So we can't be like that. That's not fair because it was. It is fair. We can't blame um, anybody else but ourselves. But can you imagine to go four and six, but with two wins to end the season, 
the last win in week 10 uh, to be against DC, which by the way, I think is, is only manageable because I think DC will be, well, they won't, they won't have anything to play for. Mm-hmm. Like DC Nobody. has wrapped up the playoffs. They will wrap up that first seed in the North next week. They won't have anything to play for in San Antonio. So they'll be like, yeah, you know, if, if San Antonio beats us, they beat us. I, I don't care. I think they're going to um, with the second stringers too. But, but for Houston, God, I didn't even think of this Leo, but you're right mm-hmm. for Houston to go, God, who would we rather see next week? San Antonio, who's just beat two teams uh, and, and is on a winning streak or Arlington that we know we can handle. Um, wow, you're right. I mean, you may yeah. very you, you may very well be right. Mayor, the mayor disagrees. He says Wade Phillips will never tank ever. That's what I said. Wade, and, and, Wade and, 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 and will and tank without even being knowing without <laughs> even meaning to tank Wade Phillips tank. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I won't I won't necessarily say he'll play it off as a tank, but th- this league is about getting guys opportunities to get to the next level. And he could play that card and say, um, you know, I'm playing, I'm playing backups because we have the, the playoffs locked up and I want to get these guys an opportunity right. to, to get Same. film, be on the field, but you're tanking. That's what you're doing. But that's what he's going to, that's the way he'll spin it. Uh, oh, oh, Arlington. Look at Arlington. You can leave. Those are, those you are can get the heck words. out of here. Arlington Lane coming on our show. San Antonio Not. won't be Orlando. San Antonio barely has a QB. San Antonio won't. Boo this man. Boo this Boo. man. Yes, definitely. <laughs> San Antonio wow. won't be Orlando is what our Wow. We thought you were our friend. How dare you, sir? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, we're going to X you out. What a clown. Oh, yeah. What a joker you are. <laughs> man. I thought Dirty was the troll from that show. <laughs> I thought Dirty was the one that would just come in and troll you just to get a reaction. I didn't know Arlington would do the same thing. Jeez. <laughs> that hurts, man. I thought that we were stings. I thought we were that okay. Stings. I thought we were I thought we were friends, friend. Arlington. That's tough. That's rough. Uh I I think there's still a chance. Look, we're not mathematically eliminated yet. Miracles happen. Um, it, it would be miraculous. I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to downplay this and be like, oh, we got it. Like we're there because we're not. Um, it would be a miracle, but miracles happen. Yeah. So, I think Wade's gonna pull the rug out from under us, man. I I, I hate to be the one to break it to you, but that's what's gonna happen. Wade, Wade Phillips, I know you listen. I know you watch. I know you're lurking out there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right. Uh, do me a favor, dude. You you took a Dallas Cowboys team that absolutely should have won a Super Bowl and just absolutely underperformed. You owe me, Wade Phillips. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here you we owe go. me. Oh, that's funny. So, wait, oh, Amanda. Ed, too, Brute? <laughs> I agree with A Train. Ouch. Mm, ouch. We, we might see Philip cry. Wow. <laughs> so there Come are on. people out there that think Orlando is going to beat San Antonio this week. Man, I hope Heinz Ward is watching this, sees this Take at some names. point, 
or anybody we know John Navarez comes and hangs out or watches somebody show this to Heinz Ward. Let him know that there are people out there that are not from Orlando that have absolutely counted him out to the point that they're saying he's going to lose to Orlando at home this week. Put that mm-hmm. on the bulletin board and go out and prove them wrong, please. That's right, for sure. Oh, my goodness. Or at least make us go to overtime. Here's what I'd like to see, actually, this week from the San Antonio Brahmas. I want to see Paxton Lynch activated. I want to see Paxton yeah. Lynch get an opportunity to take it to Orlando and Terrell Buckley a little bit. Set him I free. Mean- Set him loose. Let him do something. I've seen Paxton Lynch set loose before. I've seen it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good. It's not a good thing. It's not what you hope for. But I do hope that he proves me wrong. But I've seen it multiple times, and it's not what you want. (laughs) Now dirty in here. Oh, that's going to happen as much as I hate to say it. You all three of y'all. Okay, okay. This is just out. This is just the, the this is Beehawk the Beehawks alive people. This is just Beehawks trolling us now. Just trolling. Just yeah. trolling. Uh San Antonio beats Orlando. San Antonio beats DC. Um and San Antonio makes the playoffs. Yep. And I'm glad I'm wake actually up, glad like that you're sleeping. Wake up. Wake up. You're dreaming. I'm glad that Jason Spurgeon, I'm glad that Dirty is saying that that's what's going to happen because when it usually when he he's says never right happen <laughs> It always goes the other way. So thank me, you, Dirty. He is never right. Thank you, Dirty. So actually, I, I think he's helping us out. He's putting that. He's putting that juju out there. Thank you, Dirty. We, we, Arlington we says honestly, Paxton Lynch hasn't been a bad quarterback. He's better than the three they already have. Okay. You did you watch? Come on, Arlington. Did you did you watch Paxton Lynch when he played for Denver? And you could say he's. Yeah, but this isn't the NFL. This isn't the NFL. I mean, I hope he proves me wrong. I have said repeatedly, I hope he proves me wrong. But if you're asking me to put my hope in that, it's, you know, it's hard for me to do at this point. Yeah. So that's it. I've already made the call. We're going to the playoffs. Uh, We're going to win. (laughs) <laughs> uh, both of the next two games, Ireland is going to lose the next two games and we are going to sneak into the playoffs and then we're going to go to Houston on, uh, on, uh, Saturday, the 29th at 6 PM. And we're going to see, we're going to see who, who should be the champion of the South division. And I got to tell you, if it's Houston and San Antonio, the way those last two games of the, those two games have been, that's a coin flip, man. Houston, yeah, it is beatable. San Antonio is a team that can beat them. That's why I'm telling you what's what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Stop it with that. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Uh, so that is the XFL. Anything else XFL we need to cover? Because we got to talk about some NAL football too. I do want to get NAL football to talk about. Yes, the Rama Mamas, the Rama Mamas, yes. just real quick. I won't be able at the game. I'm going to be at a wedding in Fredericksburg. However, I've asked um, some volunteers to kind of step up a little bit. I know um, our food collecting for the uh, San Antonio Food Bank has been a little lackluster, to be honest. So I'm trying to make it easy for everybody. Bring peanut butter. 
because peanut butter makes everything better. And that's what we're hoping. This is what the Brahmas. So bring a jar of peanut butter. We don't have to argue creamy or crunchy, right? We don't need to talk about that. But we do need, uh, I want my whole trunk full of peanut butter. So um, we'll have more details. But if you're out shopping this week, pick up a, a jar of peanut butter for the San Antonio Food Bank. Please. Help the Brahma Mamas. Robert Rankin Please. brought some this last game. Yes, yes. So I, he mm -hmm. listens. I love it. Uh, last XFL item I want to cover because uh, I was arguing with Dirty and with A-Train earlier last week about this. Van Hurst mentions that the South Division champion is designated the home team for the XFL championship game. Dirty and A-Train both seem to think that was wrong, that they just announced that the South Division would be the home team. That doesn't mean anything. That is a side of the field. That's all that means. It's a neutral site playoff. The only reason it would matter is if San Antonio wins. And we all recognize that that would be miraculous if that happened and gets to the championship game. That's the only reason that, and even then, uh, it wouldn't matter if they were the home side or the road side in that game. It would still be a, a home crowd. So this whole, the, the, here he is. He's already jumping in here. Bogus, totally bogus. No, it's not. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a side of the field. You are no, you are is. getting worked up over something that does not matter. This is exactly what they do in the NFL. Next year, it'll be the North. The North will be designated the home team next year, and that's exactly what they do in the I NFL. Mean, the AFC has it one year. The NFC has it the next year. They're just following that same setup. I don't know why you're so worked up about that. It's not a deal. It's a side of the field. It means nothing. Well, I know why. I can understand both sides of the coin. I see what you're saying, Philip, and I don't disagree. Leagues do that all the time. They alternate between, you know, one conference and the other who hosts what. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, if if I'm a Battlehawks fan and my a fan base has consistently been the top attending fan base in, in the league, and you're telling me I don't have an opportunity or my team, my city doesn't have an opportunity to host that champion or to host that, that championship or that, uh, a game, uh, because, uh, you know, but we're not talking about it being hosted. The game was going to be hosted in San Antonio, no matter who no matter was what. the home team or the road team. Right. It's a neutral site championship game, just like the NFL. And they just said, okay, this year the South is going to have it. And next year when it's in St. Louis, the North team, will, be, which is who, what I think they're doing. I think I think St. Louis will have the oh, championship game next year. And the I North see. team will be, no matter who the team in the North is, the North team will be the home team. And it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's just the side of the field. Um, so I, I don't I, see I, why. I, can I don't see why it's a big deal. I can understand why that stings. But – did you have uncovered what's going on here? You just said that you you were arguing with uh with Dirty in Arlington. So you go on their show to pick fights, and now they're here on our show to pick fights. That's I this is this is why this is pattern. what's going on. They're just getting you back, Philip. This yes. is what this is all Maybe about. So. This is Maybe what this so. is all about. You know, uh, I got no problem with that. I have no problem XFL, with that. XFL, all of you Brahmas fans and those of you that aren't Brahmas fans, if you're Gunslingers fans and you're like, hey, get to the Gunslingers, we're doing that next. Uh, but you need to go get your tickets for Saturday's game. Saturday, 6 p.m., Alamo Dome. Uh, Orlando Guardians coming into town in them ugly green uniforms. 
and we're going to send them home with a loss. We're going to send them back to Arlington, actually, uh, with a loss. The National Arena League kicked off on Saturday. Three games all happening around the same time, but the only one that really matters was the San Antonio Gunslingers beating the Carolina Cobras 41-40 to in a very exciting game, an exciting finish, and that's the way arena football works. It is always exciting right down to the very end, except when it's not. Um, this one happened to be exciting all the way down to the end. Tell me about the experience in Freeman Coliseum because I dealt with a lot of FOMO. I missed out on a lot of stuff uh, this weekend, and I sat dutifully in my living room on my 58-inch TV, tears rolling down my cheeks because I get to watch you guys have fun as the Gunslingers won their game, and I didn't get to be a part of all that. Oh, we we did miss you. That, that we did miss you, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. Tons uh, of fun. The the crowd was into it. Uh, not as big a crowd as the last couple of games last season, but bigger than the starting point from last season. I would estimate. Yeah. I don't think they ever gave a. I don't think they gave I do. I do have it. Let me pull oh, it up. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's get that. Up. I don't want to speculate, but. Um, I do see the the uh, comment it was, here. It was twenty five. It was twenty five thousand. Okay. Twenty five hundred or so. I was going to guess around three thousand. Um, I was going to uh, uh, ask before we move forward. Jason Spurgeon, dirty from uh, uh, from uh, St. Louis. He said that was a fun game, and I think we already started uh, talking about gunslingers. So I want to just make it clear, dirty. Did you watch the gunslingers game all the way from St. Louis? You joked about seeing some of our interviews with the Gunslingers earlier on in, uh, in their preseason and said uh, you were intrigued and, and, and we had gained a Gunslingers fan. I just want to get confirmation on that. If you did, that was awesome. If you didn't, it's okay. I understand. But if that's the game you're talking about, that that was a fun game, uh, thank you for watching. That, that's, that's, that's awesome that you did that. And, yeah, for those of you that didn't watch or missed out, you definitely want to catch this next one, whether you come out live, come out live. I mean, when the next home game, but for the next it's gonna uh, be few a minute. games, there's, yeah, it's going to be a while. They're going to be away games. Yeah. So watch on YouTube or look out uh, for news coming soon where the watch party is going to be. I think they've made mention on that, that, uh, Alamo will beer, be a, I believe. Alamo Alamo beer. Beer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and join us. Uh, Jason confirmed he followed on the webpage. So that's awesome. Yeah. 2,576 people showed up at the Freeman Coliseum to watch the San Antonio Gunslingers on Saturday night. You were two of them. You had friends and family with you. I know, uh, Leo, you had your nephews. Is that right? Yeah, two of uh, two of my nephews uh, came to the game with us. They had a great time. They loved it. And, and I so, will say part, part of the Smoking Guns podcast, we're very proud and very happy for our six shooters, cheerleaders. And so mm -hmm. we, as the podcast, donated and gave each cheerleader a Easter cookie. And so um, I talked to the cheerleaders. They were very appreciative of even that small gesture. Um, and next game, home game, we will be providing, drum roll please, earrings like we did last year. So all the girls have the same earrings. So we love you six shooters. You guys did an amazing job. Did, uh, I did. love the long boots. Oh, my God. They're so cute. Did you have to chase around the coach of the the um the six shooters the the 
the one in charge to give her her cookie like I had to do last year when we gave flowers. <laughs> that was the Selena gave. That was different. But no, I did not have to chase her. I went a little bit earlier. Lucky I, you. Yes, yes. And I want to give a little shout out to um, April and the San Antonio Gunslingers. Francesca is doing internship with them. And so she was Woo! there since 2 o'clock cool. helping out. So thank you so much. I know she's going to gain tremendous amount of experience. It's a great opportunity. And she was very pleased. And I will say this, that at the end of the game, she told me, Mom, I'm really glad I picked the um, the major that I did. I think I'm in the right uh, the right spot. So that's, as a parent, yes. that's great. Because you want your kids to be happy, right? And she was, her, yeah. you could see her face. She was so happy doing what she loved to do. So thank you. So Michael Wayne Davis says, can the gunslingers fix that crooked rebound net, please? <laughs> um, Michael, did you... Mike, did you watch the game on the feed, or did, were you there live? You were there live, I'm sure. No, I can't he was imagine. there at the game, yeah. I can't imagine Mike missing it. So I've got pictures. I saw what you saw, um, even on the broadcast. It looked really crooked when you watched it from the side. But then Leo had sent me some pictures from the other end of the field straight on, and it did not look like it was bent or out of true at all. It looked. I didn't see it crooked. So I right. Watched, yeah, we watched from the end zone down in the party zone of the table, which is pretty much a straight on shot of both nets. And I did not notice anything. Now, if there was, I could tell you this, knowing what we know, um, those nets didn't get in, didn't get completed installed until early that morning because of a right. delay in shipping of getting of getting uh, uh, the equipment there. Um, there was some sort of delay that we we heard about. And so people were working around the clock to get those nets installed. There, people did not sleep the night before. Um, oh, yeah. They yeah, look great. Because they were working on getting then 8 a.m. was when they finally got those uh, installed and ready for the game that was happening at 6 o'clock that night. Raul <laughs> Nava says, maybe the Freeman's crooked. Hey, it's an old it's it's an old building. That's entirely possible. Foundation uh, shifted. <laughs> Amanda, our friend all the way up there in St. Louis says, where can I watch these games? You can go to YouTube to the National Arena League's channel, um, and they bank all the games there, so you could watch this week's game uh, there as well. But uh, that's where they are broadcast live is there on YouTube. Uh, Michelle Felix checking in. Carlos and his sons put in an all-nighter. Yep. We really appreciate okay. everything. Thank you. Thank you. Um, everything about Carlos, Michelle, Thank you, uh, Michelle. the boys, um, both of their yes. sons that have been so involved with the uh, the gunslingers. We know um, that that has uh, that partnership has ended for the time being, um, and we're bummed in a way. But we hope that leads to better things um, for you and your family, and for the gunslingers as well. Um, if you follow the gunslingers, you've noticed that Carlos is no longer with the team as general manager. Um, that's about all we can say. It's a personnel issue. And so we didn't get a lot of information and it's not our business. Um, True. so it just is what it is. Uh, Joe Ochoa, my buddy, Joe checking in. What's the reason? Uh, we haven't talked about it. We're just kind of covering that real quick here. We don't have one. Um, and we don't need one. It's, it's not really our business. Um, if they want us to know there are, there are mediums that they can go out there and let us know. Um, and, and other than that, um, I, I'm not going to dig too much. I no, we can't speculate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We can't, we won't, we don't want to. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a lot of it on Facebook over the last day or so of people saying, oh, I heard it was this reason, and oh, I heard it was that reason, and you don't I'm know. willing to bet it was none of those, so um, it doesn't, it's it's not important. We really appreciate, as a podcast, yes, everything that Carlos, Michelle uh, did for us and the way that they welcomed us and made us a part of everything around the gunslingers. We, we really enjoyed, um, our time getting to know them and we're, we're, uh, we're better for knowing them. The gunslingers are better for them being a part of the organization for the time that they were. And that's all that really needs to be, um, said about that. All that being said, uh, the game itself was interesting. Um, I was really hoping the gunslingers were going to come out and just whip the Cobras. Um, just, just absolutely put a hurt on the Cobras. And that didn't necessarily happen. It was a one point victory. Um, Arvell Nelson at times looked incredible. Oh, he had a stretch where, yeah, he went, I don't know how many consecutive passes without an incompletion, but it was, it went for a long stretch. At other times, he looked out of sync, but I, he, it's, oh, yeah. it's the first game with a new team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of that is to be expected. Um, special teams was, Ralph has mentioned this to me, Ralph Judkins, who does the uh, broadcast, he's your play-by-play on the broadcast there on YouTube. Uh, he and I talk a lot, uh, and he mentioned on the broadcast, and then he and I have had conversations. Special teams kind of became the story of the game when you really parse it all out and dive deep into the numbers. Uh, yep. The Cobras missed four straight four all four of their extra point mm-hmm. opportunities and the gunslingers won by one point. Um, so that makes a huge difference in the game when they're yeah, missing Drew, extra point opportunities. Drew was and, three of five yeah. and they, they hit a deuce. So they got their two X, their two points on special teams with that deuce, but we and got three. They got that- and they got that bar ball, which was which is a, a special teams play that is only going to happen in Arena League. It's only going to happen in the NAL right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, they got that bar ball that bounced off the bar, and and they were able to run up under it, and it's a live ball. They retained possession, uh, kind of stole a possession away from us with that bar ball. That's the kind of weirdness that can happen with these nets and with these rebound nets. And we have to be aware of that. Like that, that, that could have hurt us. That could have cost the game. Um, and that is a part of the fun of the arena football is, is so that fun. weird bounce off the, off the metal, off the actual mm-hmm. scaffold or, or, uh, you know, structure. Um, and it gets a weird bounce and all of a sudden anything can happen. And that's fun. Uh, you know, it hurt us, but it was fun. Can I say one thing that's kind of, and you guys tell no. me, agree, well, I'm going to say it anyway, uh, agree or disagree. So when the Cobras were closest to us, right, I kept calling him the, kept calling him, hey, Garden Snake, hey, Garden Snake, like smaller than a Cobra. Right. Greg, sure. Greg Nelson said nobody would get that, that the players would not get that. I thought they would get that <laughs> as an insult. Yay or nay? Yeah. Thumbs up or no? I like it. I mean, I you know, I like it. But, I would it take fun. too much too much thought uh, process. Definitely smaller than a cobra, but well, see, yeah. my husband Joe, said Jerry said you should have called him an earthworm. That would have been better. So I don't know. Joe Ochoa says, "Excuse my ignorance, but is Nelson a better talent than Bane?" Saw a lot of Facebook fodder on how great uh, Bane is. Bane is a great quarterback. He is a good, solid, good 
not good. Great uh, quarterback in the Arena League. He's yes. he is. Mm-hmm. Um, Arvell Nelson is a champion quarterback in the league. Uh, I don't think Bain has one. No, he has one. A cha- he was on a championship team. I'm not sure uh, that- if he was playing that year or if he was backing up. But he's he's been on a championship team. Uh, Arvell Nelson has won an Arena Bowl. Um, it Joe, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. Uh, Arvell does some things that Jonathan Bain doesn't do and vice versa. Um, Arvell is a little, what's the best way to say this? Jonathan Bain has a tendency to get injured. Yeah. He's, is that fair? Injury, a little injury prone. Um, he's had some concerns. Uh, if you're judging the talent level, I mean, it's, 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 they're both very talented quarterbacks. Yeah. But all, all you have to all you need to know to, to to decide if you're if you're trying to see well which one is the better one, the gunslingers signed Bain first. That's yeah. the guy they went after first. Not That's the one they wanted. Nelson. That's the one they yeah. wanted. So that should tell you in okay. their evaluation, Bain was was the guy. Now that didn't work you, out. Right. And so he's if not you have, there. If you haven't been keeping up, Bain was signed uh, way back in like November for the Gunslingers. There was a difference of opinion as to what his contract included. He saw it one way, they saw it another. They could never come to uh, sort of a a place where they were both in agreement. And so Bain said, I'm not going to report. I'm not going to show up until you guys do what I kind of think you told me you were going to do. And so they held on to his rights. They meant to, or their plan was to trade him. I really think they were kind of waiting until they got two or three weeks into the season so that they got past some of the teams that would be trading partners. Like, look, you don't want to trade a really good quarterback to the Jacksonville Sharks and then go play the Jacksonville Sharks in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think they were kind of holding out, trying to get what they want. And uh, Jonathan Bain signed a contract with the Iowa Barnstormers of the IFL today or yesterday. And uh, so he is going to play in the IFL, it looks like, and not be part of the NAL, uh, which means that his rights are, I don't want to call them worthless because they're not that, but they're not as valuable as they once were. Right. Um, So they could have traded him at some point and gotten something for him. Now they're not going to really get anything back. Um, they're just going to have this, the, you know, but they're not going to have to play Jonathan Bain this season sure. either. So six and one half dozen of the other. Uh, the point is they realized once they had that issue with Jonathan Bain, that they needed to go out and, and secure a quarterback position. They went and got Arvell Nelson and he's good. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a championship quarterback. Um, and we're hoping he leads the team to another championship. So yeah. uh, he Does was definitely the MVP of that game of that win. He had For some sure. moments where he where he struggled. He had some balls that looked just awkward, wonky. But I mean, he had other moments that as as awkward or you know not good as some of those moments. Like I don't want to say bad, even though there were a couple of bad ones. Kind of out of sync. Yeah. Just kind of out of sync. Out of sync. Yes. Raul Nava says, yeah, just a little shaky at the beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But there were some moments where you could definitely see uh, the talent there and you could see the athleticism. There was one play late. I want to say it was either fourth or late in the third where um, 
the offensive lineman got beat on the end and he turned around and there was a guy there. You thought he was going to get blown up and he made a move to just buy himself a little bit more time and was able to complete a pass over that defender um, to Philip Barnett for a first down. And I think it was a fourth down play too, where they needed to convert. Mm -hmm. And it looked like, it looked like for sure that play was just going to get blown up and he had the athleticism to to get away from that pressure and make a play, and it that was that was spectacular. No, that was good. The game ended on uh, an interesting decision, but a not one that I disagree with. The Carolina Cobras score a touchdown late in the game and decide to go for two and the win over kicking an extra point and uh, and trying to tie the game. Look. They had not made an extra point the whole game. Mm-hmm. Two of them had been blocked. Two more had been missed. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from that, you were on the road against a good team, um, and you have an opportunity to secure the win right away instead of pushing it into overtime and and you know taking a 50-50 shot in overtime. I don't blame uh, Carolina for the decision they made at all. I think Coach James Fuller made the right call. It didn't work out for him, mm-hmm. but I don't think the the uh, you know the extra point wasn't a given. It wasn't like, well, if we kick the extra point, we're definitely going to tie this game because they hadn't made one the whole game. True. Um, yep. And aside from that, you know, go for the win when you're on the road against a team that is as good or better than you, and you have an opportunity to secure the win. You do it. You, mm-hmm. you take that chance. You take that opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. Carolina is better than I expected them to be. The gunslingers were obviously playing their first game of the season. Can I say so, it that way? Yeah. Is that fair? A work, a work in progress, but That's you could nice. see the you could see the flashes of what's there and and what to expect of what's to come and on both sides of the ball. But especially, yeah. especially on um I mean something I realized as watching the game, such big moments from our receiving core, from our receivers. Yeah. I mean, who do you, who do you, if you're going up against the gunslingers, who do you defend? Like, who do you focus on and game plan against with those guys? You got Callie Rashad. Uh-huh. Then you after the, if you go down the line, you got Philip Barnett. Philip Barnett. Yeah. Yeah. And then after, after Philip Barnett, you have a juice Robinson who right. made, made some plays. And then you keep going down that line. You got Nico Thomas, who had a couple mm-hmm. of really big catches. You got uh Kadir. Yeah. It's just it goes the list goes on and on and on, That's and really it's just it's such a deep position with so much talent. Um, you know, obviously the big main players in this game was uh, 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 Kylie Rashad and, and Philip Barnett. Uh, they had huge contributions, um, but any given week it could be someone else that steps up and has. Has a has a huge game, and that's just got to be a nightmare for defensive coordinators in this league. Uh, and let's not forget Roller. Roller looked good out there. He lost some. Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I'm, uh, uh, there. Uh, Pierre Turner was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, yes, he did so well both on offense as a running back, um, mm-hmm. and on defense uh, at linebacker. He had he had some a couple of big stops. Uh, yeah, Roller, um, Cody. Cody Brooks had Cody had Brooks. Some big plays. Big hits. that turned mm-hmm. into that interception. Uh, other than the hits, and, and I think he had a big sack. Uh, he deflected. He 
tap, tip the ball that ended up being intercepted and stopped them when they had a first and goal from the five-yard line, I believe, after a turnover. So, yeah, big, big moments from the OG gunslingers that are still there. Mm -hmm. Now they're just building on top of that, and it's really exciting to to see this first game. And 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 you say, Philip, that the Cobras were uh, better than expected. I mean, this is a team that was in the championship game last year. Yes, they've lost some, but a completely pieces. different team. Um, but uh, I, I didn't expect them. Yeah, it's a different team, but there's a winning um, heritage there. There, there, there's a there's a, a foundation there. You know. It's it's hard it's hard to take right. an organization that's that's losing and 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 turn them into a winner real quick. So just as as well as a, a, a winning team, um, it's it's not as easy to turn around and 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 be a loser right away because you just have that state of mind in the building. You know what I mean? So I, I expected a tough game and and it was. I did think maybe the the gunslingers had a bit tougher time with them than they thought they would. Uh, mm -hmm. But they know what they need to work on now. That's true. And I will say, I know that we touched a tad bit about the uniforms. And I'm going to say it out loud. I'm not a fan of those red <laughs> pants. And yeah. second, uh, second, we should have got a flag for so much butt crack that we saw out there. <laughs> Buy him some bigger pants. No, I don't want those. We got to get down. some bigger pants out there for sure. We need some bigger pants. I mean, pants. the color. My God. Color is subjective. I won't disagree with you. The red pants are just, there was a lot of red. I don't like it. Um, a lot of butt. But the, the fact that we saw a lot, a, a lot of sag on some of those, those big that. boys, the big that. beef, beefy guys, I felt bad for them. I, I found I myself too. wondering during the game, like, is this affecting their ability to move on the line? Is this actually affecting their performance at all? Uh, because you can't, you you know, you, your footwork is a big deal as a lineman. Is that is that constricting you or restricting you in any way? I just, yeah, that that was a, a little little that. comical. That that, that definitely mm -hmm. needs some improvement. Needs some work. And you can't ask them to lose weight. No, <laughs> no I'm not asking no. them to lose weight. Just get some bigger pants. Gotta get some bigger pants, man. Yeah, we uh, gotta work on that. Get a seamstress or do something, because man. I will absolutely say that the red pants were a miss for me. Um, I was very excited about the new look because we've me we've too. been told for a couple of weeks that we were going to get a new look. And then when they came out and it was the blue jersey, I love it. The red pants, I, I just, like, I'll get used to it. And it's not like, oh, I hate them. But no. it was just a miss for me. I was like, oh, it's, oh, is that what we're? Okay, well, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Um, let's do that then, but not my yeah. favorite thing. And certainly poor guy, man, hitching up his pants every play and still losing them. Uh that was rough. Uh, that, I felt bad for him. Um, but we every love time you, they though. we love you. Oh yeah. Like not your fault that that uh you know just is yeah. what it is. Like yeah, my, the... husband, my husband says he's an extra medium, so he's he, you need a double X, triple X, four X, something. Jordan Stubing says, we noticed. Bigger <laughs> pants in order. You saw that one. too, huh? Okay. <laughs> and we're oh, just playing. We love, we love all the good players. Deal. It was a great game. And I will say, I truly felt like a VIP. Um, from walking in, getting the media pass, 
uh, getting our seats. Um, mm. We were able to um, have a, a food cart or, and we were able to feed food. There was nachos, there was sliders, there was hot dogs, there was tea, cookies. It was, I've never felt so special before. I mean, it was truly Woo. a VIP. You missed out, Philip. Um, yeah, I, I did. Tell you, thank you to the gunslingers because that really meant a lot. We had a great table. I, it was funny when um, you could see the players coming this way. Literally, it was Kimmy. It was myself. It was uh, Dolores. We'd all like start stepping back because we did not want our toes to get hurt. And then I had my <laughs> new shoes on with the gunslingers, and I was not going to get them ruined because of the big boys. So but it was so funny. It, almost at the same time, we all start walking back. We start walking back. Shave our toes. Shave our toes. I'll I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh... Um, it was a, it was a good experience, a great experience. Um, and you're absolutely right. RC, uh, first class treatment from, from the gun slingers organization to the podcast. And we truly appreciate that. Uh, you know, we noticed that they have our logo out there on the dasher boards. Mm -hmm. Thank, uh, you they, thank you very much. They did the promo for us up on the jumbotron, uh, where they mentioned the show and they, they actually mentioned our names and you know, that's, that's very cool of them to do that. And we really appreciate that uh, for sure. And then just the, 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 the treatment and the seats and a bonus, just a happy bonus. I think as it ended up our table, our seats is right next to longtime fans and followers of the show and friends, uh, Greg and, and Kim Nelson, they're right next to us. So we get to, you know, jab with them and, and talk with them the entire game and cheer on the gunslingers with them. And that was a lot of fun. Um, I, actually on that subject, uh, I need to talk about a, an idea that, that Greg uh, came up with and, and I think we need to talk about and make this happen. Um, but uh, just to be able to stand there in the end zone and watch, watch the fans and watch Kali Rashad mm. receive kicks or return kicks and say, bring it to us, Kali, or come on, take it over Kali. And, and, you know, Anytime you're at a at a gunslingers game and you're in an arena league football game, you're right there on top of the action. Yes, it's not like other other you know hundred yard games where the the there's some separation between the stands and the sidelines. These players hear you and interact with you. They're high fiving play, uh, mm -hmm. uh, um, fans during the games. They're talking to them, interacting them, not during the play. But, you know, in little breaks and stuff that when they're able to, uh, they do that. And it, it makes it it makes it special. Um, and we had a great time down there on the end zone banging those dasher boards. Oh, yeah. Um, Greg Nelson got to catch a kickoff that went underneath the nets and, and went right into his hands. And it was a spectacular catch by Greg. Uh, maybe they want to sign him up uh, uh, to help receive kicks. I don't know. They got a guy named Kali with a number five right. on his jersey that – that uh, they probably they don't have any plans of taking out of there. So, <laughs> but uh, there's a, there's go ahead. Another, there's another whole side of this. Raul checks in and says, I do know you guys enjoy and love going to the games, but I do miss you guys in the broadcast booth. The guys from the game were a little too much. Uh, so those of you that don't know, if you're just, if you're one of our XFL fans that has just kind of stuck around. Leo and I actually got to do the broadcast for the San Antonio Gunslingers in their first year of operation when they were the American Arena League uh, team. We got to do the broadcast. It was fun. It was a great experience. We both love being at the game more than maybe calling the game. 
but we had a fun with it. We had a great time with it. Um, the guys they have now, uh, Ralph, who does the play-by-play, is, uh, I would say, a friend of mine. He and I get along very well. I like Ralph. He is very classically trained, broadcast guy, um, maybe even a touch um, dry at times, but that's kind of what you want for a play-by-play guy. I will tell you that his partner in the booth this season, uh, Gabe, I think is his name, um, is going to take a little time for me to get used to. It was his first, it was his first arena game too. So Um, we've been there. We've done it. It's weird. It's a different kind of thing. It's not (laughs) easy. He's in a, they're in a terrible spot in the Freeman Coliseum. There is no, uh, press box in the middle of the field for you to be in. You're actually all the way down on, on one end in the end zone up over the field. It's really a bad spot to call games from. Uh, I, it'll get better. It'll absolutely get better. Um, and they'll get a better rapport with one another. Uh, so Raul says they were a little much. Um, it'll just take some time for them to gel and they'll be fine. Uh, I did like the broadcast. I do wish that the NAL would do a few things. And this is not something from me. This is actually something I've heard all over the NAL um, message boards and conversations over the past couple of days. They need to standardize the graphics packages for all the games. When you watch the San Antonio game versus the West Texas game versus the Orlando game, everybody is doing things a little different graphically. It's so easy for the NAL to just say, hey, here is the standard graphics package we want you to use for games. Here's the score bug. Here's this stuff. Use that. And then if you want to add some things to that to make your broadcast your own, go for it. Uh, They need to do that just to standardize the broadcast. And then uh, they need to be much more communicative on new rules and how they affect the game particularly scoring. If you've watched the broadcast, you know why I bring this up. Mm-hmm. It was a mess in our game. It's not Ralph and Gabe's fault. They were going with whatever information they had and they just they could not make sense of what they were seeing on their screen and from what I can tell it was the same there in the uh in the venue and, you guys had yes. the wrong score for the first half. Um they couldn't explain why people kept asking on the chat um, and they just couldn't, couldn't make no. sense of it. Um, yeah. So they awarded a point to the Cobras for a kickoff that didn't. didn't, that didn't go into the field of play because it hit the jumbotron at the top. Mm-hmm. And then they were, I guess, you know, they were working on figuring out if that was the correct interpretation of that rule, because as we've discussed before on the show, Philip, you're the one that had pointed this out that, you know, it, you have to make the, the kickoff playable to the other team. If you, right. if you intentionally kick the ball out of play, then, uh, then you, you, you give, you give the other team a point. Um, but seeing as how the jumbotron is obstructive, and a kick, it's not like it's not like the kick was going off to the side. I can understand why that should is and should be an exception because 
the kicker's doing his best to get the ball underneath that jumbotron or around it, but he's also got a job to do in trying getting the deuce, which means he has to try and line that kick up perfectly centered. Well, if it's perfectly centered, that jumbotron's going to be in the way a lot of the time. So if it hits it, it hits it, but uh, you shouldn't award a point to the other. If, if that were the rule, I would have a problem with that. I, I would think I would have a real problem with that. See, um, and even now in our own comments, guys are saying, I think they awarded that point for this. And somebody else comes back and said, no, they didn't. Uh, the, it was awarded for this. Here's the thing. No extra points were ever awarded. There was a point, a, a, a phantom point showed up on the scoreboard that was never awarded by the officials. It was not a point that counted. And at halftime, they went back and adjusted the score back to 1912, which is what it should have been. Um, but that that point that just showed up, they were they scored, they being the Cobras, scored a touchdown, missed the extra point. They should have been at six. And then randomly, it just jumped up to seven. Somebody in the production area True. probably hit a button and added a point that they didn't mean to add and did not notice from their end that it was there. And when they were able to finally at halftime communicate it, it got fixed. Uh, but Michael, I don't think that point ever got awarded by anybody. I don't. Hmm. Uh, it was just a phantom point that that then got taken care. Of. Yeah, Michael Wayne Davis reinforces what you're saying. He he says that he watched it closely over and over, and that it, the point was actually awarded between the kickoff and the extra point when nothing really was happening to award a point either way. Um, so I was going on the information that the broadcast had said, cause right. they even kind of had discussed that they, they were confused. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't understand why they were seeing this extra point either. And they were trying to explain why. And you even have Gabe saying several times, I will retract my previous, I will retract my retraction. Mm -hmm. I will retract my retraction my of my retraction. retraction yeah. <laughs> so, um, Michael Wayne Davis says he was about to storm the production area, Braveheart style. Please don't. Um, those guys are doing the best job they can. They'll get it right. It's the Let's first them game for them, too. Them it's the first game for our players. It's the first game for our coaches. It's the first game for our production folks. And it is the first game for our referees, which brings me to a point that I want to point out. Gary. Gary is our white hat in, in, uh, in San Antonio. I love it. Uh, yes. Gary has been a part of the officiating crew around the San Antonio Gunslingers since the AAL days. He was on the crew back then. He was on the crew last year. In fact, he is the referee. He is the official that got run over by Devin Wilson in the Jacksonville Jaguar game uh, that caused Devin Wilson to get a year-long suspension for That's running okay. over a referee. Uh, that was Gary. And now Gary is the head of the officiating crew that will probably work a majority of our games uh, here in San Antonio. And uh, you could not be a better guy. Gary is Gary's a great guy. Mm -hmm. He's uh, very down to earth. He's a, whatever you might say about him as an official, some of you gunslingers fans are not going to like him. Um, but <laughs> I think, I think he's fair and I think he's a, a great guy. Once you get to know him and I realize you guys don't, necessarily have the option like we do to do that but gary's great i was very excited to see gary wearing a, a white hat well, that's a big deal yeah that, that was uh, you, you pointed that out in a text to me during the game and that yeah it was awesome and the officiating was was pretty pretty, pretty done good. pretty well yeah it was pretty good the, the the game flow 
was was very good. I mean, I don't know exactly how long the game took, but it was d- definitely under three hours. Um, we had some games in the last season that yeah. were coming up on four hours because of all these deliberations and issues with right. the officiating. So definitely big improvements made there. And I know the NAL made a conscious effort to educate officials and, and get them up to speed and, and work on that. You were talking earlier about a more um, unified uh, broadcast uh, um and I, I agree with you, but I, I was just going to make the point of one thing at a time. You know, they took care of the officiating this time around. Maybe maybe they'll do some some work with the with the broadcasting crews uh, next time. But the officiating was definitely the major point that needed addressing. And going off of this first game, it looks like they did a really good job. The the crew did a good job. Leo, what was it that Greg had suggested? Said you so. Speaking of, and this this actually has to, uh, to do with rules too. We're on the the end zone there, and and we're we're banging on the dasher boards. And I forgot what Greg said he hit the dasher board with. He hit it with something. Maybe it was one of the cowbells. And he said that um, someone uh, from his group that was across the, uh, clear across on the other side of the arena heard that, heard the noise he made when he was hitting it. And he said, you know, we can make a lot more noise hitting these dasher boards with something other than our hands and our arms. Not to mention that it also hurts after a while. I can tell you <laughs> firsthand, it hurts after a while. Um, but um, he said, I don't understand. Why can't we just have paddles? Why can't we have that be a thing where we have paddles for those of us that are brave enough to stand right on the dasher boards and bang on these dasher boards to make noise and be a distraction to the visiting team. And I was like, that'd be a great idea. They allow cowbells, you know, so why not paddles to hit these walls? And yeah, that would make a significant amount of noise. Greg went as far as to ask people there that were, you know, uh, the crew from, from the um, Freeman Coliseum. And they said, Oh, we don't care what you guys do to make noise. That's something you need to ask of the the organization the gunslingers so then greg went on down made his way around and (laughs) went straight to mr rackler himself (laughs) all the way to the top and said hey you know i've got an idea um because i'm sitting down there is there any reason why we can't have paddles and hit these boards and and he said that don's response was i don't care what you do you want to make noise you want to make noise and yeah go go for it have at it and so he's like, well, why don't we, why don't, why don't the gunslingers make this a thing? We've got several weeks till the next home game. That's true. Let's have paddles that we can bang on these, these uh, dasher boards to make a lot of noise when it's time to be loud and be a distraction uh, to the other team's offense. Um, so he's already making plans of, I think, making his own, but he's also hoping that we can get this out there. And I told him, I mentioned it on the show. Uh, to whoever will listen from the actual gunslingers organization, because they always like to do things to uh, for more interaction from their fans. The cowboy sure. bell thing was a great idea. Um, I think paddles might that might be something. Now we don't want those paddles ending up on the field, uh, right. but cowbells could end up on the field too. And we have good guy. We have a good set of fans that that you know we have that hasn't been an issue. So 
banging big old paddles on those on those uh, dasher boards during the game, I think that would be something that would be definitely be loud. Jordan Stooming, we will look into making that happen. Let's bring Yay! the noise. Yeah. Indeed. I love that fans can have an idea and we have this way that we can conduit that idea over to the team and maybe see some of those things happen. Not everything is going to happen. Right. Um, but some of that stuff that we can see happen. Um, Did y'all see when I threw that t-shirt to the second level? No, good toss. Yeah, right. No one, no one level? did. No one did. It went straight up, straight down. I got to work on that. I don't know what the problem is. I'm trying. Oh, RC in the back of the truck throwing out T-shirts for everybody with the six shooters. It, literally, um, it landed on the field. No, no one was even. Oh there. man. So the gunslingers are not in town this week. They travel out to uh, Jacksonville. They're going to take on the Sharks. They are going to play on Saturday night. At 6 p.m. And if you look at things and you're like, wait a second, that's um, that's when the Brahmas are playing here in San Antonio. Yes. Mm. Yes, you are correct. That is correct. Uh, the Brahmas will be playing the Guardians here and the uh, Jacksonville Sharks will be hosting our gunslingers out in Florida. So... A uh, little different way to enjoy the game this week. You're going to have to go to your Brahma's game, enjoy that, and then go home and watch the broadcast, maybe. Or you can go to the watch party um, for the uh, Sharks game, for the Gunslingers game. I believe they're going to do that at Alamo Brewing Company. Uh, look Beer. at... Alamo yeah, Alamo Beer. Beer Company. I'm sorry, you're right. Alamo Beer Company is literally a hop skip away from the Alamo Dome. Uh, so you can go, uh, hang out in the, at their watch party and then go watch the Brahma's, um, game at home on ESPN plus later that evening. You got options. Um, and we've said this since we knew that this was going to be an issue is, Hey, I'll take, I'll take conflicts in my football games over no, no football at all. Um, yeah. I'd rather have two teams that I have to make a choice on than no teams where I don't have any choice. Um, but, uh, they will travel to, I I'm very interested to see how they play Jacksonville. Jacksonville looked really good, mm -hmm. but Jacksonville looked really good against West Texas, a team that is new, um, to the national arena league. And so we don't really know what that means. Um, they won, uh, 54 to 26 over the West Texas warbirds, but we don't know if that means Jacksonville's really good or West Texas still has to do some work. Or, you know, we don't know what that means. <laughs> Maybe. Um, Jacksonville has traditionally been a pretty good team. Uh, and like you talk about winning culture, they are a team that has some winning culture. Uh, and so I would expect them to be a tough team. The Gunslingers got a real tough first three games. I think we've talked about this before, but they, they hosted mm -hmm. Carolina, who was in the championship game last year. They host Jackson or they go to Jacksonville, who is always one of the top teams in the NAL. And then they host, uh, they go to Albany and play the champions. That's their first three weeks. Uh, we're going to know a lot about this team at the end of week three um, and what their chances are at being a championship team. Um, I will tell you that we, 
we are efforting. We are trying to get uh, Coach Fred Shaw yeah. um, on the show each week as we wrap up one week and move on to the next week and get kind of his head coach, head coach perspective. Um, we had to move this week to Tuesday again. This is like the third week we've done this. This is not our plan. Yeah. Our plan is Monday, and Monday yeah. he is not. He doesn't have practice, and he can join us on Mondays. Leo wasn't feeling well. I had an issue pop up. We just could not do last night, so we moved it to today, and that just caused some issue with Coach Shaw's schedule. He was going to try to pop on, um, but we have not heard from him yet. I don't imagine he's going to make it at this point. But we do want to have him on and uh, just get his perspective because we don't get a post-game press conference um, in the NAL right now. And we want to kind of get some post-game ideas of what he saw and what needs to be improved. What did you see, Leo, that you think Coach Shaw needs to be looking at improving moving forward? Well, um, I would definitely say uh, the defense had some breakdowns in coverage uh, that I know he wasn't happy with. Sure. Um, and so that's, that's something that needs to be worked on. I think the overall cohesiveness of the offense, uh, getting uh, Nelson on the same page uh, with his line and, and receivers, there were, there were several moments where there were some balls thrown where I, I think receivers were maybe running a different route than he thought because there was nobody there. Uh, there were quite a few, at least three occasions where we were lucky the ball wasn't intercepted. So you could definitely see that there's some work that needs to be done as far as kind of getting that unit to gel. Um, so I'm, I'm certain that he's wasn't happy with that or where it is at this you know particular time. And that needs some work. And then just working on some, uh, defensive situations, especially in the coverage. There were some big moments where the coverage uh, uh, broke down. Uh, of course, it's arena football, and that's going to happen. Um, so yes. we know to expect that. We've seen that time and time again. Um, but we know that that the coaches expect a level of excellence, uh, especially with the level of talent that they have. Now, they were down a couple of guys. They were down a, a, a key guy in, in the defensive a defensive back uh, because of an injury. Um, so uh, there's that, and, and uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully uh, Banks is, is, is better soon. Um, but uh, I, think, I think that. And then I think Coach needs to work a little bit on himself. Uh, he had uh -oh. a penalty called against him for being – out, yeah, that's. You know, I was going to bring that up, and, and and I noticed him out there, uh, even on occasions, even after that, where they were. I think the the referees were being a little bit lenient with him, um, but he didn't seem to understand. Especially, he was arguing the call when it happened. So at least get an understanding of what the rule is. According to the broadcast team, he has to remain an arm's length away from uh, the dasher board and behind the offense at all times, and he wasn't. So. Mm -hmm. That's something to to really be uh, make sure he gets clarity on, especially playing these away games because it, that might have been a little bit of home cooking there, of him not getting them not getting on him so much for that. Look, I I know in the years that I've covered football, officials do not want to call sideline uh, warnings, which is our sideline penalties, which is what that ultimately is is a sideline warning, sideline penalty. They never want to call that. 
But if you force them to, they're going to. And uh, I have a feeling, I, I would love to talk to him a little bit more about this. They probably had already said something to him a couple of times before they finally flagged him for it. I, that's what I would expect. But ultimately, uh, they don't ever want to call that penalty. And if they call it, um, they're not they're not just being mean or they're not just throwing one their weight. There are times officials do that, but I've never seen official want to call a sideline penalty on any level of the sport. It's just mm-hmm. such a it's such a crappy penalty to 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 call. Um, you don't feel good about calling it. You don't feel good about having to enforce it. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're mad at you immediately because. It feels like, uh, you know, it feels wrong. Nobody wants to call that penalty. Miles um, Kelly was the Carolina Cobras player that was injured um, in the midst of the game. He did hit uh, social media about, uh, well, yesterday, right about this time yesterday, and said that he appreciates the thoughts and prayers. He'll be back in no time. Minor setback leads to a major comeback. Um, so he is doing better doing doing something that, looked, um, that was a scary moment that looked like it could have been really bad yes yeah yeah uh the gunslingers will travel to jacksonville the brahmas will be here at home uh and we will be excited to watch and break down all of that next week um one and oh like both teams need to be concentrating on one and oh the records up to this point don't matter it doesn't matter that you beat Carolina. That means nothing. It doesn't matter that you lost to Houston if you're the Brahmas. That means nothing. Concentrate on the game in front of you. Win this week. That's all you can do. Well, um, and, and both teams need to have that mentality. I know that Coach Shaw is big about being 1-0. and yep. um, He has mentioned several times that his goal every week is to be 1-0. Previous schedule, previous record doesn't matter what's coming up in the future doesn't matter um it's all about getting this win this week um and we know that that's their concentration you made a note uh leo that when you arrived at the freeman you told me something about the team as a whole mm-hmm. you've been around you've been around this team since their inception this is their third season something stood out to you what was it that stood out to you when you first saw the team on the field warming up getting ready the all business attitude. I, I mean, like you're right. We've been around since the beginning. We've been able to, you know, been fortunate to have access and 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 be in there while guys are warming up, getting ready. You know, from from the start where you're excited just to be there because you know you're you're the start of something new and not knowing what to expect. So you had that, uh, and then last season is kind of the first season in the NAL, and they came in, I think, a little bit overconfident. Uh, thinking that they were going to come in and do do better than what they were. They thought they knew more than they actually did. Um, so you saw a little bit of overconfidence there. And we were we were confident, too. We, we were the same. We shared mm-hmm. that outlook. I'm not saying we sure. didn't. But you could, just, you could just see the difference in their demeanor, in the way they're warming up, in, in just their focus, uh, where, where before it was really easy to – approach a player before a game and like talk and, and, and joke and, and kind of, kind of get their thoughts or, or talk to them, interact with them a little bit. It's not that they don't want to interact with us. It's just that when I got there and I was kind of walking around while they're warming up, 
I could feel it. I could feel this sense. It was like, I need, I need to just give them their space because right now they're, they're put, they're working. They're putting they're in, in the work. zone. They were in yes. The zone. You could see it. You could see it in their demeanor, in, in, in their, their faces. They're they focused. were focused. Um, they were, they were serious. Uh, everything that they were doing, they were doing to prepare for the battle ahead of them. They weren't looking around. They weren't, there was, you know, not as much joking with each other amongst the players it was just all focused, all business. Like these guys know what the goal is this season and they know the work that it's going to take to get there. And I think, I think they're all, they're all, they're all on that, uh, that same line of thought, that same train of thought. Uh, you could really see it before the game. That's what struck me. That's great. That's great. Yep. Well, they will play this weekend. We hope that they go to two and Oh, uh, we hope that they send a message to Jacksonville because uh, Jacksonville is one of those teams that just seems to always rise to the top in this league uh, and taking taking your game on the road and being dominant over Jacksonville will say a lot um, about yeah. this team and about who they are. I expect them to get better. Like they were good on Saturday. I expect them to get better as they continue mm-hmm. to gel together. Um, I'm stoked. I, I really think that it's not an unbelievable thing for them to win a championship in yep. their second year in the league. Um, and so that's what it's all about. Like every time players post something, I try to go behind them and, and tag on the hashtag hardware, mm-hmm. um, because the whole goal of the season needs to be trophies. Yes. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's what they're after. The goal. Yeah. And, and, Speaking and this next team- Oh, sorry. I was just going to say these next two games are you're right, Philip are statement games for this team on, on the road at Jacksonville and Albany. And I just wanted to mention, don't look, you know, we're doing one week at a time, but when that, when that week comes up for Fayetteville, uh, let's see what they do over the next couple of weeks. But, but they broke the record for points scored in, in an opening game yeah. uh, this past weekend. I think they scored 68 or 66, but they beat the, the, they they now hold the record for the NAL for most points. They did. They game. beat now. They beat Orlando. It was Orlando? Yes, but still. And we talked earlier about teams that have kind of a winning pedigree. Yes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in the in the past, in the recent past, Orlando has kind of been one of those teams that always seems to fall to the bottom, as opposed True. to the teams that rise to the top. And and so it was against Orlando. We don't really know what any of these mean. We don't know what our win no. over Carolina means. We don't know what Jacksonville's win over West Texas means. We don't know what Albany is because they haven't played. By the way, we haven't even mentioned huge story in the NAL at the end of last week when Antonio Brown announced that, that Antonio Brown, the one you're thinking of, announced mm-hmm. that he was now the majority owner of the Albany Empire, that he was moving to Albany, that he may play, and that same <laughs> night, Longtime coach, two-time champion, back-to-back champion, uh, Tom Manas was uh, left the team. I don't know if he was released or he left on mm-hmm. his own. We don't really know. Um, but all of that happened with with ten days before they start their season. They were on a bye this week. They start on Saturday, um, and all of that happened. That was a big story. So we don't know what any of this means. It's week one. We've just finished up a week one and we don't know what any of that means. What I do know is that we're one and oh, and I'd rather be one and oh than oh and one. 
Yep. We're on the right side of the line um, right now. Albany is that center line that has nothing. There are some of the teams that are 1-0 and some teams that are 0-1, and we're on the right side of the chart right now. Yep. Especially um, when you're 1-0 and and that was your one home game. For a until, long time. What is it, May 28th? Yeah, May 28th is the next time they're in the Freeman Coliseum. That is a game against the Jacksonville Sharks. That's the Jacksonville Sharks coming into Freeman Coliseum. Uh, and for people that are wondering why that's so long, it's because it's graduation, graduation. season. And Freeman Coliseum is, is booked it's with graduations, as we know that they get a lot of those. So, and I'm sorry, RC, you were about to say something. I was going to say, I know Philip had mentioned hardware, and I was going to say congratulations to the player that got engaged. After yeah. The game. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Otis. Yeah, so congratulations. Uh, pulling up his first name now. I hate that I don't know it. Uh, it's Joshua. There you Josh go. Josh Otis. Uh, after the game, proposed. Good thing they won. <laughs> got a yes. Good thing he got a yes. Like Yes. yes. <laughs> Talking about pressure, in, right? <laughs> when you do it in public, man, you better be sure you're getting the yes. Yeah. Um, he was really why. motivated after that win. That's why I did mine in private. I did my proposal in private because I was like, she could, she could realistically say no to this. Uh, oh. I don't, I don't want anybody else to see this. Um, so I made sure I did mine uh, in our apartment and in private because uh, if she says no, I don't want to be like that guy. Mm-hmm. There are some YouTube videos of that out there of guys mm-hmm. getting proposals refused and like I don't ever want to be that guy. No. Um, that's rough. But congratulations to Josh Otis and his. Yes. Beyonce, that's exciting. Um, what a cool day. A win. Uh, and then you get uh <laughs> that's nice. Hashtag ring slingers. Ring slingers. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Steven says the gunslingers are one and oh, the Brahmas are two and six. Both have games on Saturday at six o'clock. Uh, I will be at the Brahmas game. I will be catching the uh, I will be watching the score. Like I, I normally try to wait and like, if I'm going to watch the game later, I just don't interact with it and try to keep it off my, but I'll be watching the score. Uh, hopefully from the press box of the Alamo Dome, I'll be watching the score of the gunslingers game. Hope they take it to Jacksonville. I know that's what they're looking to do. Go to one of the game, go, go to a game, go to a watch party, interact with, football in san antonio san antonio you you can't gripe for years and years and years about not having um a chance to go to the games and you know what if you're out there and you're like well i want to go to the games i want to go to this brahma's game i I haven't been to one yet i'd love to go to the brahma's game i just i don't know that i can afford uh to go to the game guess what rc's got something for you I got two free tickets, two free tickets. They're in the end zone. Nice, popular uh, place to be. Not over near the Brahmas, but on the other side. But it's still a great time, lots of fun. So how are we going to do to give away the, the two tickets? To whoever wants them, just contact me. Or what do you guys think? Uh, they're your tickets. You, you, you know, I thought well, you had a plan. No, no plan. <laughs> <laughs> So I have two tickets. If someone needs them, um, maybe it's an anniversary gift. Maybe it's a birthday gift. Maybe you just want to go to the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, A couple of years ago, 
Last year, maybe. No, I'm sorry. In the Commander's days. Oh, wow. Uh, Going way back. We had a set of tickets that got given to us by some fans that were going to go to a game and then they weren't able to go work or whatever. And they said, hey, can you all just give these away? Mm-hmm. And Jeremy Knox yes. was the one that showed up that day. He brought his son and he came and he was big Commanders fan from that point on. He was a Gunslingers fan from that point on. That. Um, he got hooked into just because somebody wasn't able to use their tickets. So there's another yeah. opportunity for somebody to step up and say, hey, I I can uh, I can give up a Saturday afternoon and go check this out if if it doesn't cost me anything. Maybe that's all it needs to make a fan. Uh, yeah, if send that's us a you, message on the on the Smoking Guns Podcast Facebook page, and whoever's the first one, they're yours. Smoking Guns Podcast. Uh, it's Smoking Guns Pod on Facebook. Smoking no G, guns with a Z, P O D. Uh, and you can find us on Facebook if you're watching another way there um on twitter or on youtube go to our facebook page send us a message on there rc i and leo will all see it and we'll uh we'll get you set up mm-hmm. and get you a couple of tickets to the game so you can go check out the promise how about that Love how's it. that for a giveaway that's a good um, awesome chance to go see the game even if you're not going to go see the game support your football support your local football um support the Brahmas, support the gunslingers both preferably uh and get out there and watch because when it comes to professional football in san antonio and around san antonio when it comes to professional football on the 100 yard gridiron or the 50 yard fight inside the arena or outside on the field or even in the alamo dome Uh, When it comes to professional football in Jacksonville, when it comes to professional football for those Orlando Guardians, it turns out we are learning every uh, every day that the 2-1-0 has got something to say. Bang, bang.